Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Limitless Broadcasting Network. What's your favorite scary movie? What's the boogeyman? You hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish, understand? It's showtime. Hello guys, welcome back to You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast. We are your hosts. I am Robbie. And I'm Sammy. And today we are covering Valentine. Mm-hmm. Since Valentine is Valentine's Day is literally right around the corner. Mm-hmm. We thought, thought this was uh, fitting for the time. Mm-hmm. Seemed like it, right? Right. And if you've not seen this, this is starring David Mirianis. Mm-hmm. Angel. Yes. From Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. I'm actually a fan of this movie, so. I don't think anybody else liked it. If I recall, when I was looking at the ratings, it did not do great. No. With critics or audiences. No, and I agree. The only reason I'm a fan of it is because of David. David. Mm-hmm. He looks like Angel in it. He has the angel hair. I he mean, does. every time I look at him, I'm just like, oh, he's Angel. Mm-hmm. So definitely. Yeah. But that's the only real reason it. Well, we'll get into well, like production and everything like that. So mm-hmm. why don't you yeah. take it away? OK, so for our summary, love is in the air on the most romantic day of the year. Would be lovers woo hearts with flowers, candy, cards and gifts. Best friends, Kate. Paige, Dorothy, Lily, and Shelly are young women looking for a relationship, a valentine to die for. And this year, they might just get their wish. Dum, dum, dum. So cheesy. <laughs> for that description for a horror movie. This movie, when I was looking it up, has like a million taglines. Well, I can understand that. Which I feel like that's a bad sign when it comes to a movie. Like they're trying to really get you to understand. Okay. What it's about and they just couldn't nail it down. So first one we have is Love Hurts. Okay. You know, the theme. That makes sense. Remember that kid everyone ignored on Valentine's Day? He remembers you. Dun, dun, dun. 
Falling in love has never hurt so bad. Okay. This February, hearts don't just break, they get even. Okay. Like, I'm not really minding these, actually. No, they're not bad. No. Scared to be alone on Valentine's Day? You should be. I like that one, too. That's good. Fall in love with terror this weekend. <laughs> oh, revenge is sweet. Okay. Someone's going to give them a Valentine's Day to die for. Actually, you know what? I felt really judgy because I didn't really read these ahead of time, but I'm actually enjoying these. They don't. <laughs> these taglines. They're, they're not bad, actually. Mm -hmm. No. Uh, one, two, three. Are you ready to die? I don't that, think that's, that's kind of like Freddy. now we hit now I'm just like now we hit oh, one that I'm kind of not into yeah Freddie it's coming for you that's probably why they went probably. with that all right next one this Valentine's Day is gonna be killer that's good I like yeah. it a Valentine's Day like no other oh I like that one mm -hmm. be my Valentine or else <laughs> I mean, I kind of, yes, but it's more like a revenge film, so, Oh, you know. that's exactly what this is. Uh, here's another one. Revenge is sweeter than candy. So I another like play one. on the previous one. I like that one. Roses are red, and so is blood. Candy is sweet, and so is revenge. I would have been more fun if they get it to rhyme, I think. Yeah. You know, but they, it's still not bad. Don't get mad. Get, get even. even. Yeah. Reminds me of a Taylor Swift song. Don't get mad. Is it? Is he a Taylor yeah, Swift song? Yeah, she does do that in a, in a Taylor Swift song. Um, and last, Meet the Devil, February 2nd. Clearly, <laughs> so this movie came out on February 2nd. Uh, yeah, it's a bit extreme. So, yes, it was released February 2nd, 2001. 2001. So, it's a bit old, this movie. At yeah. this point in time. Uh, it's rated R. Its genre is just horror. At tracks. Mm-hmm. Its director, Jamie Blanks, and producer is Dylan Sellers. Written by Tom Savage, Donna Powers, Wayne Powers, Gretchen J. Berg, Aaron Harberts, and its box office in the USA, so it's gross, was $20.4 Okay. Uh, runtime is an hour and 36 minutes, and it was distributed by Warner Brother Pictures. Okay. So it's a Warner Brothers movie. Yeah. Not too surprising, because mm -hmm. guess who they had in it? David Boreanaz, who was on a... Warner Brothers show. Ah! Multiple Warner Brothers shows, technically. At this point, I believe he was doing Angel. Right? Yeah. 2001, right? Angel would have been out, so... Yeah. He was a, he was really, besides Denise Richards, he was the next main star. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The production companies that worked on this were Village Roadshow Productions, Cupid Productions, Inc., and M NPV Entertainment. Okay. I do like uh, Vintage Roadside Pictures. Uh, so, Village Roadside? Yeah. They, yeah. they do produce a lot of cool, artsy, you mm -hmm. know. Not bigger, not big budget movies, but they're, they are, they kind of remind me of an A24, but kind, kind of, of, yeah, mm -hmm. kind of a little bit, I want to say better, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So our cast, we said we have Denise Richards in it. Like you mentioned, yeah. she played Paige, um, Chico, 
Burkhart was Young Page. I probably definitely butchered her her name. David Boreanaz is listed second. So he's our second billing as Adam Carr, a.k.a. Jeremy Melton. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Joel Palmer was, um, I guess, Jeremy Melton, but um, like must have been the little yeah. version of him, right? Yep. Yeah. And then Mary Shelton was Kate Davey. I'm sorry. Mary. Marley. Let's try this again. Marley Shelton was Kate. Uh, and Brittany Mayers played a young Kate. Jessica Capshaw was Dorothy Wheeler. And Kate Loggy or Logi Logi was a young Dorothy. Because, you know, we had them at the beginning of the movie. Right, the right. End. And Jessica Caulfield was Lily. Um, and Chelsea Florco played a young Lily. And then we had Katherine Heigl, who is Shelly. For like two seconds. This is before. When did Grace Anatomy start? Was this before Grace Anatomy? I think or, so, or maybe okay. right around. Right around. There, I thought right around that. I'm trying to remember. It may have been right around it. Was this actually. during the Roswell days? That's what it was. It was Roswell. Okay. I was like, she was in something. So she it was, was Roswell. Playing, she was shooting. So Roswell. not Grey's Anatomy yet. She was in Roswell. This and then time. did this, and then she went to Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we had Sarah Mahanes as young Shelly and Marshall Virtue was the cherub, the killer. So it was not David Boreanaz who was in the creepy mask. That's what I figured. Doing the killings. It did not look like him. No, I know. No, when I saw it, I was just like, that's somebody else. Right. So it was right. this guy, Marshall Virtue. But it, it no, I gotcha. And I, I didn't put these facts in here. I'm pretty... Sure, I might have it somewhere, but since we were talking about Katherine Heigl and, and all that. So, David Boreanaz was only on set. I read in one place he was on set for two weeks. I read in another place it was 10 days. Uh, yeah. Because he was busy. Shooting. With Angel. Uh, yeah. Being Angel. Yeah, uh-huh. a bit busy. And Katherine Heigl was only on set for like three days or something because she was busy with Roswell. Roswell. That makes sense. So, very limited time on set for the two of them. All right, so this movie cost $10 million to make. And because of that low cost, it was actually the cheapest film to ever have a Super Bowl, Super Bowl spot. And I thought that I was also fitting because the cool. Super Bowl just happened. So I saw that as well. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, literally the Super Bowl was last night. Mm-hmm. Just happened. Yeah. This is one of two slasher movies directed by Jamie Blanks about a killer depicting revenge on the main protagonist. The first one was Urban Legend, which came out in 98. We will definitely do that. That is one of my favorite shows. Yeah, you brought that up a couple of times. We should definitely. Because who did you say was also in that one? Was it? One of the girls in this is, uh, I would have to look at her face, but I was like, that's the girl from Urban Legend. Yeah, Legends. I can't remember who you had said was in that, but um, yeah. In one scene, Kate tells Dorothy that her boyfriend, Adam, David Boreanaz, is no angel. And of course, that was a in-joke reference to Angel. Angel, yes. Yeah. Oh, and Angel did start in 1999. So he'd been on it, his own show for a couple of years by this point when he had this movie. The killer's mask was the result of a process termed maskivation. Director Jamie Blake's inspiration was a 
book on framed painter Sandro Bocelli, and he asked KNB Effects Group to design the mask on his cherubs. It has an almost canvas-like texture, which is a bit more visible on the Blu-ray disc, if you own that. And the script originally just called for a Cupid mask. So. We actually do own that, but we, we stream this. We did stream it last night because it was just easier. But, um, yeah, but I thought that was interesting. Of course, KNB is back. KNB's done a lot of horror masks and things like the screen masks. They're yep. working on those, too. So Marley... She was in this. She actually played in the Scream franchise before. Mm-hmm. Like I, for when we watched this, I was like, "Oh man, I forgot that she was in this." Mm-hmm. But There's this is way, way before Scream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was it Marley? Is that who you're talking about? Is Marley? Yeah. She plays David Biriannis's, uh girlfriend in this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know who I was thinking of. I wish I could remember who you had said. It may have been Jessica may have been the one who was in um, Urban Legend. I think so. I think that was the actress you were talking about. Okay, so let's see. Back to this. Okay, so body count. We have nine. We have Shelly, Lily, Gary, Campbell, Dorothy's maid for whatever reason, Ruthie, uh, Detective Vaughn, Paige, and then Dorothy. Gotcha. All those, all those people ate it. Which, again, like, so obviously we know, like, Shelly and Lily, those were revenge killings. Um, Gary. So basically this movie. Gary was the weird neighbor, so he went after him because Kate complained about right. so they, harassing her. If you have not seen this movie, mm-hmm. basically... It starts off Good point. At, at junior in when they're in junior high at the, mm-hmm. and they're at this dance. They were in like sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there's this guy, Jeremy, and he keeps going up all to all these and he's girls. He's obviously like the nerdy. The nerdy kid. guy, he's got the duck teeth. teeth. Yeah. You know, making fun of him. Clearly he's not in his pimping days. Mm-hmm. But he keeps going up to all these popular women and are like, hey, will you dance with me? Mm-hmm. In the yearbook, he's like, oh, I want you. I love you. Blah, and blah, And then blah. they'll say, like, I hate you next to it. And then they'll show a picture of him trying to be like, hey, will you dance with me at a mm-hmm. dance? And they'll be like, oh, I'd much rather get boiled alive mm-hmm. than dance with you. Mm-hmm. So the way they responded to him yep. is the way they were killed in the movie. Yeah. But... The genius part about this movie is, do you know how long you have to hold a grudge for? Yeah, because... Realistically, like, this motherfucker was... at this point, right? So. forever. Yeah. And, he, and revenge is best served cold, right? Mm-hmm. And so he was just, like, methodically planning this out. And he had to come back in to, like, get reinvolved in their lives. Right. It's crazy. And, I mean, the way he did it was, like... Mm-hmm. Genius. Yeah, so he's held the, the sixth grade gr- grudge on all of them. You're well, right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they did not well, stop picking on him in just sixth grade. I'm sure they did it through, you know, graduation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the way I'm kind of thinking of this is they were picking on this kid since six started in sixth grade or maybe even before sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm then sure. until they graduated high school. Mm-hmm. 
But, and then you're just like, all right, cool. You know how people go their separate ways and forget about each other. Mm -hmm. No, he's like, I'm going to keep an eye on these girls. No, and the key giveaway is at the dance, they show you it's like this nosebleed. Right. And every time he's killing them in the cherub mask, he also has a nosebleed. So, you know, it's the same person. And I always feel like that, revenge. that would just leave DNA evidence at the crime scene. I I'm guess just, he doesn't drip it past the mask. Like maybe he wipes it off. That's and they when I was doing it, that, I was like, yo, you're going to leave DNA at the, obviously at the not, crime scene. Obviously not. figure out who did it. So, so obviously that's not. why I think this movie gets more credit than people should give should it, give more should get yes more it should get yeah. more credit than people give well, it well but i'm still trying to figure out some of the deaths so like we know shelly we know lily gary we know because kate complained about him right i think you were saying when we were re-watching it yesterday that campbell probably dies because he thought dorothy would would go down to check go the, down to figure out what happened with the the heat the, the, the heat. hot water right and so campbell was there and he was just like Wrong place, wrong time. And well, he was like, well, you're, you'll do. So I'll kill you anyway. I, and that's what I, I think with the maid. She was just happened to be wrong place, wrong like, time. And was like, I can't let you go, bitch. We got to. I mean, that's the only thing that really bothers me a little bit in this movie is I wish it was more fleshed out because I'm like, he's seeking revenge, but he's also just randomly killing people. It seems like, like uh, yeah. rather than waiting for just them. Cause he also kills the detective, which I guess I can understand because he's going to be caught by the detective and he's maybe. trying to help him. But at the same time, I'm like, well, are you just trying to get revenge or are you just like a serial killer now? Which is it, David? Well, I think both. I think it he's trying to, like both. I think he's trying to get revenge, mm-hmm. but he's also trying to be a serial killer. Yeah. And I, I think like Campbell and the maid definitely wrong. And the girl that was like, Campbell is stealing from her because he likes her trust fund. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. she was just in wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, like, just he was trying. She was trying to rob from him, Campbell, mm-hmm. and then they're at so they're at this house party mm-hmm. in the hills, Dorothy's house, party. Dorothy's hills mm-hmm. party, and the house is huge. Mm-hmm. So they're one uh, in one part of the house. They're having this big jumping off party, and another ha- part of the house. Somebody's getting whacked. Yeah. And you're just like, dude, how big is this house? It was huge when they were walking around in it. And then. um, Well, let me let me go over because I think I know where you're you're heading for this. So just to tie into what you just brought a minute ago, each comment that the girl makes is how she dies. Correct. Right. Okay. So Shelly says in your dreams, loser. So when she dies, she's laying down in like a sleeping position, they said. She's in that body bag where she had. That's what I figured. Mm-hmm. Lily said, ew. So she gets the maggots in her chocolate box. And then she ends up in a dumpster because she falls off the, yes. the balcony. Paige says, I'd rather be boiled alive. So she's in a hot tub at Dorothy's party. And at first, he's just trying to like. Get her with the nail gun. Get her with that. Well, it was like a, not yeah. even like a nail gun. It was like a screw. Screw, trying to screw and hold I don't know the... tools. I don't know anyway, but it seemed very scary when it's coming at you through the, he closes the top of the hot tub on her and then is just like stabbing at her through it. Um, and then he eventually throws it in there and then she gets electrocuted. And Dorothy is the one who at the dance actually goes off with Jeremy and is like making out with him under the bleachers and gets caught. And then she tells everybody he attacked me. me. And so then Jeremy 
Adam, Dave Boreanaz, whatever, actually flips the switch at the end and frames her for the murders. So at the end, he makes it seem like Dorothy was just like jealous or whatever was going on and went around and killed everybody. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. That's why at the end, she has the mask and they reveal it. Yeah. Kate is too stupid to know what actually happened. Yes. Yeah. And his nose bleeds. And that's the only reason why you know for sure it was him who did it. Otherwise, they don't they don't say anything. It's literally just right at the end. His nose bleeds. And that's how after you, you think they in. caught Dorothy, and that's how you know he was the killer. I mean, the the cop, he cut off his head and put it in the pond or whatever that right. was. Right, and it just intense. and just so ironic. Like part of a, his girlfriend gives him an IOU, IOU TLC. Oh yeah, and that was on this little little the, piece of paper, right? In the pond, and so she. The girl is calling the detective, and you hear hear his phone ring, 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 Mm -hmm. and he follows it outside, and it's by this pond. And then she picks up the phone, sees the little paper IOUTLC floating in the pond, Mm -hmm. and then sees the detective head. Yep. And you're like, damn. That's pretty intense. I I mean, the the methodical planning of that, I mean, Mm -hmm. so I think his cover... So he could go around killing everybody. Right, because they're at the party We're together. at the party. Is, he shows up to be with Kate at the party, but then he wanders off to go do all these and other I, things. And I thought that was so weird. Like, if you're at a party, would you just wander off? And he even, would. Well, I would be talking to people. Or, he would definitely wander off, though. But the way he could do it, like, in throughout the movie, they branded him as an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. But I think he was just using that yes. through the whole movie to yes. be like, all right, I'm going to kill you guys. Yeah, because Kate catches him at one point and he acts, I clearly does not seem like he was really drinking, but he acts like he's been drinking and is borderline drunk and she gets annoyed and leaves him, walks off again after she found him. So it's implied, he or he's trying to imply to her that that's what he's been doing the whole time. When really he's been off killing her friends. Right. In secret and the cop and whatever. So by the time they find each other at the end, she doesn't put two and two together that he was missing the whole time. And yeah. Wouldn't you, though, if you're at this party and I'm disappearing and everything. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense if you think like we just talked about like her neighbor, Gary. I'm sure she has complained about him to Dorothy and whatnot, but why would Dorothy have killed him? And then why would he just be suddenly gone, though? Like, there's too many, yeah, puzzle pieces that I'm like, Kate is kind of stupid. He was was there, and then he was gone. Yes. I'm just like, how could... And then he magically shows up in time, and he's the one who finds Dorothy and shoots her, and she falls down the stairs. Like, really? So he just happened to be there? You know... And you can obviously see when they take the mask off of Dorothy that she has a black eye. So she was clearly, like, beat up or something ahead of time and then forced into the mask. Well, she didn't look that close. But when I looked at it, I'm just like, she could, you know how she was crying mm-hmm. about Campbell? I think maybe that's why she was like, oh, she just, is, her eyes were big because of. No, she definitely had a black eye. Definitely. Yeah. So. And to answer the question as to why Kate did not get it, Kate says to Jeremy at the dance, maybe later, Jeremy. 
So it's assumed that she gets to live because she's the only girl that didn't insult him and wasn't mean to him. Well, that's... And she does eventually dance with Adam and has a relationship with him. That tracks because... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But still, oh my God. It's wackadoodle. And a major criticism against the film is that Jeremy sought revenge against the girls who rejected him at the Valentine's Day dance instead of the boys who attacked him and stripped him. In an early version of the script, it is revealed after some research from the female leads that the head of the teenage bullies had died under mysterious circumstances. And so this at least addresses the fact that Jeremy had already begun his elaborate revenge plot and had not forgotten about the boys who ridiculed him. And director Jamie Blank stated that he killed the bullies off screen before he started killing the girls. So you're just supposed to know that he already killed them and is moving his way now to them. I was going to say they did not. They didn't do that a very well. Good job of that. I don't. You're just supposed to assume it. It would have been nice to have a reference to it. Yeah, like when the when the detective was. Oh yeah, I just heard that so and so also died recently. Isn't that weird? Oh, we went to high school with them or junior high, and they have like suddenly died. Like a newspaper article or some shit. Yeah, I don't know some like reference to it. It would have been helpful, especially during the detective and everything, trying to figure out pieces together. You could have. You could have still kept that reference somehow just saying for the budget of this movie does it look like a 10 million dollar movie i mean yeah i guess i mean put that in perspective for a second 10 million dollars doesn't go that far in production Mm -hmm. because it still is a b movie Mm -hmm. i mean it still looks like a b movie yeah i mean even though it did semi well at the box office it's because of all the the cast they had Mm -hmm. That's the only real reason. Yeah. So that's how much $10 million can get you in Hollywood. Yep. Also, several death scenes in the film had to be trimmed in post-production to to secure an R rating, including a shot of Katherine Heigl's throat being sliced. Um, So it's changed to a profile shot instead, not by MPAA, but by Village Roadshow. Blanks was disappointed because he had hopes for a 1980s style slasher, which meant you better spill some blood. Village and Warner Brothers had him trim several of the kills, even after the MPAA had already awarded him a R rating. And the argument was that Warner was uncomfortable with releasing such a gory film shortly after the Columbine High School shootings. You know, I get that. I understand what people are thinking about Columbine, Mm -hmm. but... I think they use that as a crutch for a lot of things, a lot of different movies, even sitcoms. Like, I know Friends filmed a scene in an airport about terrorism, mm-hmm. and they cut it because 9-11 happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think sometimes they just use things like that as a crutch. Mm-hmm. Because people be. use movies as an escape. I mean, and I get it, like... Real life violence is terrible, but I mean, we all understand these are movies. This is not real. There's not somebody walking around in right. a cherub or a cupid mask killing people for sixth grade revenge. And certainly not David Boreanaz. He has better things to do. He's probably flying around in his jet. Possibly. Or he's at the Super Bowl. I did not see him listed mm. in the Super Bowl. Was last it one of the night. celebrities you saw? 
Oh, it was it was a star-studded event, but yeah. he was definitely not there. So this mm-hmm. is like your second time watching this thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. What did you think of it? I mean, it's okay for I. I do wish, you know, from what it sounds like, that they hadn't cut some of the things they did to make it more of what the director wanted, which was that 1980s style slasher. I mean, you know, with the extra blood and all that, like, it probably would have made it more entertaining. And some of the plot holes, it would have been nice to have actually answered during the film, like we just talked about with right. the, the other bullies and stuff. But, I mean, it's not bad. It's a Valentine movie without being a Valentine movie. Right. You know, that you could see in Scott references to wanting romance and things but it clearly doesn't work out well right for anybody except kate thinks it works out well for her but it doesn't because of who he actually is you You think if she tried to leave him you think you'd kill her he seems pretty psychotic like you know we're happy right now but if you ever tried to like get a divorce with me or something like that you're you're screwed Mm -hmm. i think that's that's how that would go yeah she's stuck like even the cops but can't help you. If on you that think one. about it, at this point, all of her friends are dead. Right. At this point, she really only has him. So he's probably going to get what he wants because there's nobody else left. Her True. best friends since sixth grade are all dead. And, and she thinks one, one of, of them, them killed, killed everybody. Them. Yeah. So, yeah, he's probably going to win that, that fight. No, absolutely. Which is crazy. I mean,. I did like the way they did the ending, though, where, you know, you think like, oh, it was Dorothy and it makes sense because they were making her seem kind of crazy with her yelling at Kate about how she was always the fat friend and right and all that and storming off. And the next thing, you know, it looks like she's attacked everybody. Yeah, which was not fair. But they, you know, they did set her up to kind of seem like she was super insecure and everything. And maybe she would have done it. And then with her being dead, conveniently, because he shoots her, you can't ask her what actually happened, you know? Right. And then to have the twist where he's sitting there comforting Kate and then the nosebleed happens and you're just like, oh. That's why he shot her, because he needed her to be be quiet. He framed her. Right. He was, he's the guy the whole time. Right. I did like the twist ending. I liked that. I thought that was fun. No, I did too. Mm -hmm. That's a fun even if you saw it coming, I mean, it's still, it's a fun thing. Did you see that coming? I don't remember the first time I watched it. I don't. This time I knew to watch for more clues, like him carrying, killing Gary, the creepy neighbor, I felt like was a big sign of who it actually was. You gotcha. know, and then when you just start realizing where he pops up conveniently at places, like he never showed up to that weird um, art festival thing that they went to. I don't really understand what they were doing there, but. You know, where they were being set up on, like, blind dates or whatever was going on there. How he never showed up. But he was there because he killed the Lily, that friend. That's when he shot her with the death Yeah, house. right, right. Because he was there. But he says, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't make it. And she's like, yeah, it's fine. It was lame anyway. No, absolutely. And then he kills Gary. And then he's conveniently, when Kate comes home, he's standing outside the apartment building trying to buzz her door. Knows she's not there. Clearly knows she's not in there because he was just upstairs killing the neighbor. But he's trying to act like he's like, oh, hey, you know, I came here just in time to catch you, you know. And the fact that uh, he just can't, he says he was coming from the, I think the reason why the police got got is because they questioned him for three hours. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's the reason why the be. police got got. Mm-hmm. He gets pissed that they took up his time. That could be. And he's clearly unhinged, so whatever his excuse is. So you think the director was trying to go for a, a town that dreaded sundown kind of vibe? I mean, obviously, that's what he was saying. He wanted a more 80s style feel, more of the gore and everything. Mm-hmm. And he he couldn't control it. The studio the production company and, and the studio. Commerce. I mean, they Come made together. the decision. Yeah. So it is what it is. And I guess I even saw somewhere where people have asked to get like the extended cut and Warner Brothers is like, nah. So they just won't re-release the extended version. Did they do anything like uh, on the DVD, like extended version? I don't know. I mean, from what I was reading, Warner Brothers was just like, nah. Welcome to Hollywood. Right? Fans or people who watch the movie have asked because obviously, especially based on what the director said. We know that there was more in the movie and right. they were just they just have been like, no, we're good. But I, from watching this movie, I re- realized that David Burianis has actually been in a lot more movies than I thought he was. You're right, though, but he literally looks just like Angel. In this. Right. And it, it just feels like like Angelus creepy, you know, like he's playing one part, like when Angelus would do right. that to Buffy uh-huh. and I've snowball everybody and act like he was Angel, but behind the scenes, he's really Angelus. I gotta like go that save vibe. the world. Like that part in Angel, when he, they, the demon, they gotta put his soul in a, in a jar mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, it went back to him. But yeah, I have to go save the world. And he's really pretending and it's, and jealous. Terrible. Oh, such a mind fuck with Buffy and all that. But yeah, that's what it really felt like. And I think it was because they styled him the same. And you're just like, yeah, that's exactly other than right. He's like drinking alcohol and things like you're basically angel. Yeah. Right now <laughs> yeah. In this. So, yeah. But yeah, I, they didn't do anything different with this hair. I mean, the, the hairstyle fits or yeah. especially fit him then. That was the style. It looks good on changed him. It? I feel like David Boreanaz maybe still has like the same hairstyle. But I think it would work with him. Though. Thirty years later, you know, I don't, I don't he's, know. How, he's like you. He's like I like this look. It is now my look forever. I don't know how he looked in Bones. I think he had pretty much had the same. No, hair he in Bones. has like the same hairstyle because I watched Bones before I ever saw Buffy and all that. Yeah, like it's like the same. David Boreanaz has decided like this is this my is hairstyle. Maybe it's and in this his is how I look. This is how I would like my hair styled every time. Just, a little, you know, keep it kind of short. You got the little spike in the front. That's how Robbie does his hair, too. A la David Boreanaz. Boom, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So would you watch this movie again? I mean, I feel like, yeah, when look around Valentine's Day, why not? I mean, it's good. It's a good movie to pop in if you it's just not a classic. want some noise in the background. Like yeah, if I was editing something. You have to pay a lot of attention to know what's going on. Right. I would just keep it on in the background and be like, oh, okay. I know exactly I mean, what's going on. And I do appreciate that Catherine Heigl died like in the first couple minutes. Wh- I mean, Why do you appreciate that? Because sometimes these slashers, you're just like, bro, when are we going to get to it? Like, we know this is a horror movie. We know people are going to die. Why are you dragging this out? Right. You know, like, it doesn't need to go that long. It's just like Scream. Like, yeah, let's just get to it. Right. Okay. Just this is this is what I came for. Okay. I don't want to go sit in a Michael Myers movie and spend 30 minutes watching people talk. Like, he Let's just, just get to, to the show kill. up and stab somebody. Okay. That's, it's a slasher. You know? Right. No, yeah. I understand. 
And she's she was a pretty big star at this point in time. Like, it was a little scream-esque with that, you know, with Katherine Heigl being in it. You see her on a date. You see her go. She's a medical student. Like, you get it pretty established with her what her character is. She's a medical yeah, student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There alone with her corpse, she has a big test or exam the next day. And then, no, she doesn't because David Boreanaz killed her. What did you think of uh, the guy he, he went, she went on a date with? Todd? Todd likes you. He was very annoying. He like talked in the third person. I don't blame her for just. Todd likes you. Let's get the check. And then how he's just like looking at the bills. Oh, this is very expensive. And the way she just rolls her eyes like, fine, I'll pay half. Have you, has anybody ever done that? May, if you're on a first date and been like, it's not going well. No. Have you ever made somebody pay? No. Been like, well, this isn't going I've, well. You pay half and I'll pay half. You've definitely done that. I am not going to lie. I've definitely done that because, mm-hmm. you know, different times. This, and I would probably still do that. I mean, why am I going to pay for somebody if I'm not enjoying their company? So I'm glad I didn't get that. So at O'Charlie's. I, I, I know you got I my, most people out there might be like, oh, my goodness. Like, you know how people I mean, have fair, these phones, mm-hmm. like, recording me, you, because I brought you to, like, the Cheesecake Factory. That, that viral video, it's terrible. I, I, would, I, I like would've, the Cheesecake Factory. Possibly. I would have been like, first of all, you got to get out. Yeah, like, we're... This isn't going to work. your ass home. This isn't going to work anyway. So, yeah. you can bounce I'm gonna out go, of I'm going to go eat some Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, I'm going to go. You, on the other hand, your way can go do here. whatever the fuck you want to do. You can fuck off. Without me. But, yes, that would be me. So That's fair, though. I the, the one thing I really liked is uh, the top the, the the boy that she went on a date with mm-hmm. kept coming back around for a little bit. He was at the crazy art art show mm-hmm. and he was looking at the two girls and they're like, are you going to come over? And then for some reason, do you think the reason why he did not come over is because he saw David or maybe David scared him away or maybe. something like that? that? Could be. It's hard to because say. I always wonder, like. Why in that scene is he's looking at them and then he's and he's like, oh, yeah. no, not today, bro. Mm-hmm. I think David probably did something and yeah. was like, no, probably like off camera. Yeah. And what did you think about all the deaths? Like we talked about Catherine Heigl's. I liked the stabbing I, and the, I did the body like, bag. And then you see the blood like. Yeah, I did like that part. Yeah, that's that always sticks in my head. Like I specifically remember that scene when we went to rewatch it. Exactly. What I did like the neighbor's death. Like when he took the iron and was beating that's, with it. That was pretty intense. I wish they yeah. would have gotten more gory, kind of gory on but that. Like, they probably did. Bam, bam. It. Yeah. Like that, I think that was the most like violent. And I liked the, the bow and arrow shooting. I almost wish there was more on theme cherub killings. Like we got one with him doing the bow and arrows at her. I almost wish we would have had a, like a theme like that throughout the whole movie with my, the cherub. My thing is, is. You know, they were in that maze with the TVs and everything. He shot her with the bow and arrow and broke one of the TVs, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't somebody be like, there's a fucking hole in the TV. What I happened? Just, I would assume, but I guess they didn't feel the need to investigate it. I don't know. No one seems to... There's no reporting that they found her in a a, a dumpster. No. They just haven't heard from her. Right. They, they think she's in L.A. Yeah. And I'm like, I guess no one looked in the dumpster. So who knows where she ended up? I don't know. And nobody would call her in L.A. and be like, hey, did you make it? Well, they they sense who called her. Somebody did. Her mom or someone tried to get in touch with her and then said she never made it. I can't remember who. I think that was the boyfriend. 
The boyfriend called. Oh, okay. Yeah, the boyfriend. And they were like, and oh, she wasn't never there. Made, and they're just like, it. do you know where she is? And nobody knew. But yeah, none of her friends checked on her. They didn't care. That's what I'm saying. You guys are supposed to be best friends. No. And you don't even know if one of your best friends made and, it to LA. And with everything happening, you know, like at one point the cop had a good point, like, so you know we're looking for this guy, right? And we're concerned about the things he's doing. And nobody mentions I got poisoned chocolates. Right. These weird love letters. Like nobody does. These girls are stupid. Right. And don't care about each other. Cause yeah, no one damn near checked on their one friend to make sure she did get there safely. I would have been like, hey, let me call you. On let the me phone. call you because did I don't think they had texts back then. They had cell phones, right? And yeah, but I, I don't think you could text, but I think you had to pay for it. So right, they didn't. She wasn't do worth t- the money for them to call. But I noticed one thing, and I noticed in this movie, Denise Richards is not the whore everybody thinks she is. They um, play her ass off to like the really easy guy, girl. In I like the group. what she did to that guy. That was pretty funny. And, and she so, tied him up and left him in there and dropped the the candle wax on him. Yeah, she's I not did like that. Not the biggest whore in the group. So, no, there and then you go. she. And Dorothy made a reference that she always ends up in the hot tub, but she didn't bring anyone with her. She just was done being around at the party and was like, I'm going to go hang out in the hot tub. Now. Right. So, yeah. I don't know why Dorothy was so pissed at her. I know she she saw, probably saw her get a lot, a lot more guys than her. I think that was why. I think Dorothy was just, she still felt like the fat, ugly friend. Right. And even though she's clearly not. But that's, I mean, that's what it was. Everybody, every friend group has that one person, like, always still feels like the fat friend or the mm-hmm. ugly friend or things like that. Yeah. And uh, going back to Denise Richards' character, I did like her death scene. I do. I did yeah, think that was pretty good. He drug it out, trying to stab her and stuff, and he's like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm, here we go. I'm electrocute you. And no, I, I'd much rather get boiled alive, and that was great. So, there is a message in this film. Always be nice to people. Because they might come you for never you know if they're going to come and ax you out. 20 years later. Yeah. Hey, there are some sick people out there that With can long hold a grudge. Long, I think long I can memories. hold a grudge. But there are other people out there that are like. This guy definitely can hold a grudge. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah. So. So, yeah. Where did we stream this? Where did you find it? I got this on Apple. Okay. I rented it from Apple. So there's so, Apple or Blu-ray. So if you want to check it out, probably on YouTube be my guess too. I mean, clearly this movie is still making money for people like us that are like, oh, let's check it out. I mean, you especially gotta, if you like horror stuff it's not and on, you're looking for like a holiday themed movie. I mean, there's some other choices out there, but this is like some nostalgia. Right. Millennial nostalgia, I guess. It's not, it's not like you can... Go and get this, you know, just in the neighborhood store. You would have blockbuster. There's no like this is not being streamed on any streaming network. Mm -hmm. So you would have to run it from. I think Amazon has it, and I know Apple has it. Okay. So and I want I specifically ordered the DVD because I like the movie. I like David. Mm -hmm. So that's why you and I have the Mm -hmm. the DVD. But you would have to special order it. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, that's our take on this. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm a fan of it because of David Burianis. I mean, the story is mediocre. Yeah. I would I probably gave it a three out of ten. Or that low. I mean, I give it like a five because 
I, mean, I did enjoy it. I, I mean, I enjoyed the story and everything, but I can just tell it's not a big, it wasn't a big priority to the, to the studio. No. The way it was shot, the way it was edited, and there's gaps in the scenes, mm-hmm. all, everything that we mentioned. That's why yeah. I would give it such a low rating. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. So. But yeah, still, you know, if you were looking for something to watch. Yeah, this Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not? Go yeah. ahead and pop this on. Mm-hmm. So, all right, all right guys. Else to, to share? No. Uh, when when is this going to come out? Well, I will. This should be out. I think I'm going to release this on Valentine's Day. So we'll say Happy Valentine's Day. All right. And tomorrow we should have our Spooky Empire interviews out. Yes. So two episodes this week. Uh oh. What? Since we've been so behind with everything lots been going on we're getting a new site together and robbie's been traveling and we do have lots of cons coming up which is making me so the next con we are going to be at is uh house House of mouse Mouse in kissimmee yep in the Orlando area in kissimmee second or second and third yep it's saturday and sunday so it's just like it sounds it is a disney related convention but there will be people like us there who are fans of both horror and Disney. We'll definitely like, there's be lots of crossover, so. recording a Pixie Dust Twins at something. Something there. Yes. For at the show. So if you mm-hmm. haven't subscribed to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast, make sure Check you that do out. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little bit of a crossover for you. Mm-hmm. What is this? A crossover episode? I hope somebody gets that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, and we have that one coming up. We have the Indiana Comic-Con coming up. That's uh, Mm -hmm. March 22nd through the 24th. Okay. So, like, mid-March. Yeah, so mid-March. Mid-March. Then then we have Spookala coming up in April. Beginning of April. Mm -hmm. Like, the first weekend of April. Yes. Super excited for that one. And then the next... That will be in Tampa. That will be in Tampa. And then the next one we have is uh, PopCon, actually. Yep, and that'll that, be back in, in Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And then we have Days of the. Then we have a gap, is what we have. Days of the Dead, Indianapolis. That will, will be, be there. in July. That's actually July, the holiday uh, weekend. Yeah, July so just 4th. after July Fourth. So it's like the fifth through the seventh or something like that. That. Yep. Days of the Dead, Indianapolis. So we have a bit of a break where we will not be at any cons in May or June, as of right now. But we are very excited about launching our new subscription platform. Mm-hmm. You can actually go on and check out our website right now, mm-hmm. limitlessbroadcasting.com or mm-hmm. limitlessbroadcastingnetwork.com. Also, check out our YouTube. Also, I don't. We're launching a new thing called. Oh, Rant Radio. Radio. I'm sorry. I wanted to get this. So we're r- launching a new new radio show called Rant Radio. Mm-hmm. And if you are passionate about something or you're strong opinioned or minded and you like to go on rants, well, definitely check out our new show. Mm-hmm. You can actually be a part of it. Let me yeah, so give you the number. He's going to give you a phone number to call so, and you leave a voicemail with your rant. You can leave your name or do it anonymously. anonymously. Whatever you want to do is fine. And this will be in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Uh, The number you can call in is 844-857-7268. Again, that number is 844-857-7268. 
857-7268. Call in and leave a rant. Mm -hmm. We actually have a special promotion going on. One of our show sponsors uh, is putting up a thousand bucks for the best rant. So call in, Mm -hmm. we'll listen to it, and yeah, clearly you have to leave your name so we can get into that. Well, in that case, you can't be anonymous, yes. (laughs) But for the best rant, Mm -hmm. you can win a thousand bucks from us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Happy ranting. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we're super excited. This this show is going to be exclusively on uh, Limitless Broadcasting. Mm -hmm. So you have to join our network to hear this show. Mm -hmm. For Rant Radio. But yes, this is, I'm very excited about this. So every show you see us going to, we're going to have a little flyer. And obviously the promotion is not going to be going forever. But right now, our show sponsor is excited about this. So we're kicking it off Mm -hmm. in uh, hopes of launching this successfully. Yep. So that's it. Rant Radio. Rant produced radio. by Limitless Broadcasting. Yep. So I'm that's I'm super excited about that. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. Think that's all the announcements. We that's have. all the announcements we have. Yeah. So all you right. guys stay spooky out there. All right, until next time. Bye. Bye. You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast is produced and hosted by Robbie and Sammy Brooksby as part of the Limitless Broadcasting Podcast Network. Post-production and intro by Sammy Brooksby. Follow the show on Instagram at BoogeymanPod. You can also follow the Limitless Broadcasting Company at Limitless Broadcasting and your horror hosts at Robert1950Studios and at The Sammy Lamb. We also have a TikTok at 1950Studios. Email your creepy comments and spooky suggestions to us at boogeymanpod at gmail.com. Don't forget, everyone is entitled to one good scare. Have a horrific week. <laughs>